Well, 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 if it isn't Dan Benedictus from Desert Island Dicks talking at you about another episode of Desert Island Dicks, this week featuring comedian and impressionist Luke Kempner. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. He's a funny guy. His impressions are good. Watch out in particular for the bit where Jeffrey Boycott is talking about his egg consumption. I found that particularly amusing. Um, but look, you haven't listened yet. It's all just there waiting for you to discover, so I hope you enjoy it as well. I'm going to keep this fairly brief. Let's get into it. It's Desert Island Dicks with Luke Kempner. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian and impressionist Luke Kempner. How are you? I'm very good, Daniel Benedictus. Uh, Daniel, is, I've just realised, is your name part of the sort of Desert Island Dicks? Is it sort of Desert Island Dictus? Is that sort of part of it or is that... <laughs> no, I mean, it's just a coincidence. I mean, my friend James originally started this podcast and I took over after a couple of years. So now it's just oh. married up perfectly. So perfect, yeah. No, I'm very well, my friend. Very well. Nice to see you. And you. Um, and lovely to go. I mean, I'd be so crap on a desert island. <laughs> Um, so in getting the worst things I can imagine on with me, I, 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 I think this is an absolute recipe for disaster for me. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's not a comfortable situation that you're going to put yourself in, but hopefully it's one that can be fairly cathartic. Okay. Was it easy choosing the people at least for your desert island hellscape? Not massively easy. Um, I, I sort of... I tried to to a range of people. I mean, I did also. I'll be honest with you, Daniel. I have picked people that I do impressions of <laughs> as well because I thought that would work well for audio. Uh, but but they are they are. It's difficult, isn't it? Because it's like when you do impressions and when you're in the media, there is a good chance that you could bump into these people. Um, and so I was. You know, even with like Piers Morgan, like Piers Morgan's such an obvious choice, and I imagine he's been given before. But like. I've met Piers Morgan, and I, and as much as I, as on stage, I'll do jokes about Piers Morgan taking the piss out of him, and him being, you know, saying, oh, you know, I've never been so insulted since Megan didn't turn up to the date we definitely had. But there's something about doing it on the podcast that I felt uncomfortable. I don't know why, but I felt uncomfortable with. So I've not picked Piers Morgan, but I've gone for, uh, I have gone for a few that, uh, yeah, that that generally rile me up. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel better, he has been covered extensively. I on would this have podcast. thought so. Yeah, yeah, I think we were we did have a spreadsheet that kept uh, track of the people most picked, but I think he's firmly up at the top there now. So uh, <laughs> okay. well, I'm glad I didn't go with him then. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, you would add something new because you could do an impression of him, whereas I'm, I've just said the same thing over and over again a lot of time. <laughs> but uh, okay, well, look, well, let's get into it. And let's find out who did make the shortlist. Then uh, who's the first person going to be joining you on the island? I don't know how niche this is. Really, are you a cricket fan, Daniel? At all? I'm not a huge cricket fan, but um, I did find myself drawn into the Ashes recently because okay. my brother is obsessed by it and he was watching. And I thought, this is actually not a bad way to, you know, to watch sport. Oh, it's wonderful. Tomorrow, I tell you, Wednesday, I've booked the day off. I'm going to go and meet Ben Clark from Pappies. I don't know if you know Pappies, mm -hmm. the uh, fantastic sketch group. Ben, me and Ben Clark are going to watch the cricket all day in London. Oh, it's going to be lovely. So I'm, but I'm a big cricket fan. So I've picked Sir Jeffrey Boycott. 
Okay. Um, so if you don't know Sir Geoffrey Boycott, he's he's a dog's like this, he's a Yorkshireman and he's from he's probably late seventies and he's a commentator, but everything he doesn't like anything, he's very, very boring. He was known for spending a lot of time at the crease, butting, taking forever. He didn't like anything new. I don't think he really liked women much. It's uh, <laughs> just something about him that is whinging tone. I just think on a desert island, he would be the worst person to have with you. He's so negative. And, uh, and I just don't, I, don't, I think we're going to need positivity if I'm alone on this island. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I know of Jeffrey Boycott is, I mean, not great. He's someone that people only talk about with caveats. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, he's like this and he did all this bad stuff. But, you know, for England as a batsman, he was really good, blah, 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 blah. You know, like no one ever goes, oh, yeah, Jeffrey Boycott, legend. They yeah, always have to caveat it very heavily. So already he seems like a brilliant candidate for Desert Island Dicks if he's someone that always needs a caveat. It's like you don't like... It's like when you go, oh, James is coming late. I mean, he's a bit handsy, but he's all right. He's all right. He's all like then all those people that you go, oh yeah, he's a he's a terrible drunk. But he, honestly, he's a lovely bloke. I'm like, no, if he's a terrible drunk, he's a terrible person. Don't invite him on the stag do. <laughs> um, so like, I feel like Jeffrey is a bit like you're absolutely right. If there's too many caveats, you don't want them there. He's someone that just has such a moany tone of voice, like you said, like you ably demonstrated, um, that even if he was in a really great, happy mood, you'd just still find him, re- you know, it's like just telling you about how beautiful the sunset is or the peace and quiet on the island and the tranquility. It would still sound miserable and irritating, I think. Absolutely. And I also think like, you know, you two or three days in, you'd sort of find your routine. You know, you'd be like, right, we get the fish from there. You go and get that. I'll start the fire. I mean, he's quite old, so he, I'll probably be doing the main, you know, the sort of labour work of going and get, you know, he can start the fire and get all that going, get the coffees. I don't know why we're, how we're getting coffee, but I'll go and, <laughs> and I'll go and do the fishing, right? But I feel like, he, you know, like I'll be like, right, do you know what? We've done this for three days. Maybe I'll go and try and find some chickens. Well, there's some little rats there. We could eat them. And uh, and I just feel like, no, we've got it right now. We get the fish in the morning and we're going to do that for the next 30 years. I just feel <laughs> like he's not going to be very spontaneous and, I, and I'm going to need that. I'm quite a spontaneous guy, Daniel. I need I need that spontaneity and Jeffrey is going to be killing that. Yeah. Part of me is like, oh, he's not going to be very adventurous. And I thought, well, you know, in his cricketing days, he probably travelled all around the world to places like, you know, like uh, the Caribbean and, and India and stuff like that. And then I remember reading somewhere about him, about how during his prime, he just stopped going to India because of his tummy. He just didn't want to go. So he just stopped playing international cricket because he was like, oh, no, don't like that food. Basically. That is exactly, this is exactly why he'd be awful. Because he'd be saying, oh, no, don't eat that. Have you got any plain white bread? I'd eat, I'd eat plain white York, Yorkshire tea, plain white bread. And um, he won't eat any of the fruits that I go and find. Because I think yeah. I put all that effort in. I'd be like, look, look, look what I made here. I've made our version of spaghetti carbonara with some vines and and some milk from a coconut. And I just think he'd just be like, he'd be like no, I don't like this rubbish. Tropical rubbish. No, thanks. Just complaining about like you finally catch a fish and there's too many bones in it for him. Or I think something, he'd just starve to death quite quickly, actually. So maybe that because he's old, man, he's old and frail. So I'm thinking, you know, I've got to pick people that are, are dicks, but... Pick ones that are going to be off soon, because <laughs> then, then it you know you get rid of the dicks. Yeah. So I've actually I've I've got it's a loophole I think. <laughs> well, but also I mean, isn't he sort of simultaneously quite dull, but also has quite a fiery temper, 
which is sort of like a really bad comp. It's like if you're going to be dull, at least don't get in my way or just sort of, you know, be very passive. But if you're dull and angry, it just feels like the worst case scenario. It's that drone. It's that The thing is, though, what, like you say, there's a caveat of is this, this and this, but also... As a commentator, there is something wonderful when England are doing badly. So I'd like to think, you know, if I was, because also I'm not, I might be spontaneous, but I'm not the most practical. Um, so I feel like everything I get wrong, he would compound it with, oh, I don't know why you did that in the first place. You know, the way you went and got there, you know, the, chop, the way you're chopping wood, that's never going to work. That wood's too wet. You know, and it's like, why did you get that fish? That's clearly poisonous. He'd just be... It just make you, oh, God, shut up. We used to have these people. Like when I, I used to play cricket, you know, village cricket. And, like, you'd go for, for a, a, a quick rundown of the rules of cricket. It's very simple. You hit the ball, you run, right? People always think it's very, very complicated. It isn't really. The ball gets boltier, you hit the ball, and you run, right? But sometimes if you don't run to the other end in time, you get out because they knock the bales off. And I remember when I used to play village cricket, you'd do that and then you'd be walking off because you just got out and there'd always be some miserable old cunt <laughs> like, like Jeffrey Boycott sitting there going, there wasn't a run there. Oh, was there not? Oh, great. Because I thought, oh, is it not? I, I, I realise that now. And I just feel like that that's what he'd be like. Just so negative. Yeah. That tiger was always going to bite you. Was it? <laughs> so that's why I just... Fucking dick. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that personality in a survival situation would just be absolutely just excruciating to deal with. And the fact that, you know, he'd probably just give you a clip round the ear when you did something wrong, which would be most of the time in his mind. And it's an old man's clip round the ear as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like a sort of shaky, veiny, t very tanned. I feel like he I feel like he'd get a banging tan. <laughs> Because he's got Yorkshireman arms, they tan very well, and he'd just give you a sort of bony, shaky clip around the ear, and that which would feel worse because it wouldn't even hurt, but it would just be sort of, oh God, get off! Yeah, and if you complained, it's because you're a snowflake, and in his day, yeah, it yeah, been much, and softy. Yeah, it would have been much harder in his day, and oh yeah, <laughs> I get, you know, in my day, <laughs> we survived on desert islands once a week. <laughs> Yeah, it would. Yeah, you can just, you know what? Like, there's obviously we get a lot of choices on this podcast, but some of them, they just sort of write themselves in your head. You can just imagine how he's going to be on the island, and uh, I think it's a superb first choice. So let's find out who's going to be joining him. Who's your next choice? My second choice, right, is Ted Hastings okay. from Line of Duty, right? So the Line of Duty is a BBC gritty police drama about anti-corruption within the police force. And Ted Hastings, he's the chief of police, is a guy from Belfast, and he's just always about doing what's right and doing everything to the letter of the law, fellow, the letter. And uh, the reason I've picked him is he's a sort of... It's not that he's negative. I just feel like, you know, when things are going well, he'd sort of just go... He'd always try and do everything by the book. Hmm. And I feel like, again, Desert Island... You just you just got to go with the flow a bit, day by day, and I just feel like he's going to be like, well, you know, I don't know if you want to try that fruit. And I'm going to have a wee look in the book. It says here that it's poisonous if you eat it in February, but it's up to you. You can try, fella. I just feel like it'd be a bit of that, and he'd be like, oh, come on. Yeah, you need a bit of looseness on the island just to stay alive, and. Uh... Yeah, the last thing you need is someone sort of looking over your shoulder is like, you, you know, you sure you're allowed to do that all the time? It's like, oh, great. You know, like in Castaway, loads of stuff washes up on the beach. 
and he you know he uses it to his advantage but now you've got this guy who's like well that is technically addressed to someone else there you know i don't think you should be opening Absolutely. all these potentially life-saving packages there luke yeah how do you know it's for you could it be there could be someone else on the island i also i think that i think about like these desert island things and i don't always think about survival i just think about being bored I always feel like oh, I would be all right, but then it's the boredom that would get me. So I've, even like we'd like start to play a game, I'd be like, you know, we'd like Jeffrey would be up for a bit of cricket, right? So he'd find a little ball, we'd I'd make a bat out of out of like a trunk or something, and then um and I just feel like he'd be like, well, I don't know exactly exactly twenty two yards. I don't know if that cricket pitch is exactly. I need to check the rule book, and I, I just I feel like that would just just great on you. Hmm, and I I think like. The combination of him and Jeffrey together would just be this constant white noise of kind of droning, complaining, sort of like maybe like they probably wouldn't like each other, but they'd sort of keep talking to each other. You know, they'd wind each other up, but also have a sort of a core value in common where they just sort of want to complain about everything that's wrong in the world. Agreed. I tell you where I do think they would be good. And I think it's interesting Mm. not pick two of them is that Jeffrey Boycott, captain of England, captain of Yorkshire, he's a leader, right? And Ted Hastings, chief of police, he's another leader. I am definitely not a leader, right? I've tr- I've tried to be captain of cricket. I'm not a leader, right? I'm very much, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I very much try my best and I'll try, I'll be there for the banter. I very much like, and what I make up with my terrible sporting ability is good banter. But I just feel like, Having some leaders, I know you've got to pick dicks, which they are, but having some leaders is going to be is going to be to our advantage, actually. Mm. But then maybe but they would get that, on each other's nerves. Yeah, do you think either one of them would tolerate being led by the other? That's the, that's where I think the 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 jeopardy comes in. I know, but do you know what? I actually think they would really get on with each other, which actually makes mm. it worse. Because then I'd yeah. be like, I'd be because I love a little, you know, love a little gossip, love a little bitch, and I'd be like saying to Ted, I'd be like, oh, Jeffrey's moaning again, and he go, well, he might be moaning, but a lot of the problems he's talking about, I totally agree with. There'll be a lot of that, and yeah. I've, and which would be annoying, but I do think they would help with survival. Old heads, um, they would, they wouldn't panic. Neither of them would mm. panic, which I would be panicking as soon as we got there. Um, so. They're dicks, but I do think they're going to help with our survival. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of envisage a scenario where you're chopping wood or doing something. One of them tells you you're doing it wrong. You go off to the other side of the island to do some other task, and then the other one just pops up. It's like, oh, you're still doing it that way, are you? Despite yeah. everything we said. You know, I just think you're going to be bouncing between the two, which is going to make it very uncomfortable. But that's what we're all about here on Desert Island Dicks. So. Do you know what they do? It's that sort of like, you know, even after we've been there for like a month and we're like, and I'd be like, right, I'm off to get the firewood from that particular tree. that always, There's always dry wood around there. So I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, you know, what route are you taking? And I'd be like, well, I'll just go the way we always go. And, oh, no, I wouldn't go that way. It's like that, like my dad used to do this. He'd be like, which way are you coming? And I'd be like, I don't know. I'll put the sat-nav on. I'd go, no, I'd go A1 and then go M25, come off at Junction 16. Like, it's such a weird, like, generational thing where I don't... No, tell me I'm wrong. But I don't think anyone who's, like, born in the 90s is worrying about what direction, to, what motorway you're taking. You just chuck on the sat-nav and follow it. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's like, I sort of worry that it's happening to me sometimes. Like as a parent, I'm like, I've just, I'm so used to giving these two boys instructions about everything all the time. <laughs> I, I totally get why it's like I can be in my 40s and my mum will still tell me to go to bed or that I look hungry or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, because that's just become such a relationship with people. But I hope it's not true because I really don't want it to happen to me. I just want to be like a normal person. No, but you're right though. Just a, yeah, You're right, so. like, I've got a one and a half year old and all these things that I didn't think I would do, but like things that used to annoy, my dad used to know him when he'd, he'd like, he'd tell me off for doing something before I'd done it. So I'd be like, don't put that somewhere where it's going to fall off, right? And I'd always be like, you can't have a go at me, I haven't even done it. Like, but I, when you know your child that well, and especially when you've known them before they even know themselves, mm. you know, like, I know what my daughter's going to do most of the time. <laughs> I'm like, when you're getting on the chair and you're barely trying, I know you're going to fall off and hit your head, cry, and that's us for half an hour. So I'm like, mm. be careful when you're getting, just uh, just be careful, be careful. And and like, so I just do think that's just a parent thing. You just become protective and, and annoying. Yeah. yeah. But I think they're going to, like, so now you're on an island, you've basically got two annoying dads. Because I, I think they would just automatically assume that role. So, uh, oh. yeah, it's not looking great for you, Luke, no. I'm afraid. But it, you know, a lot might hinge on this final choice. So who's going to be the third person? Let's see who's added to the mix. Well, look, I I feel like this guy is going to be a good dude, right? He's Australian. Um, uh, so I feel like he knows how to deal with dangerous animals because they're all, you know, that's all they do in Australia, isn't it? Dealing with snakes and, and tarantulas and stuff. So I feel like he's good with that. But he's a singer. He's an actor. So it's Hugh Jackman. Okay. Interesting. Now... The reason I don't, I think Hugh Jackman's a dick is because now I'm musical theatre background, right? I'm, I'm, I, I was in the um, musicals. I went to drama school. I was in Les Misérables. I was in uh, um, South Pacific Avenue Q. I'm, a, you know, so I did musicals for about four years before I went into comedy. But when Hugh Jackman played John Valjean, and when he played great, the, the lead in Barnum and Greatest Showman, and he was in Oklahoma, his voice really annoys me. Right, because he's got this weird singing thing. So where he'll go, like, um, you know, look, uh, in Les Mis, like when he sings "Bring Him Home," it's like he's got this really slow vibrato. So he goes, "Bring him home, bring him home," and it honestly, it does my head in. And like he <laughs> oversings everything, where it's like, um. You know, even in Greatest Showman, when he's like, a million dreams is all it's going to take. I just can't, I can't deal with it. <laughs> is that enough to make him a dick? Yeah, no, it's definitely is. Yeah, I think, because I think anyone, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the sort of person that has been in a couple of successful musicals isn't going to switch that off for the island. I think he will walk around, around singing quite a bit. He, I think Hugh Jackman, if he could sing in every... I'm surprised he doesn't do a Wolverine. Look at my hands. There's so <laughs> much power. I feel like it's just like he's going to be singing all the time. Whistle why I work. And he'll be like, oh, God, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, I just uh, and then he's going to find out that you've got a history of musical theatre, and he's oh. never going to let it go, even when you just want to be normal guys on the island. I don't want to talk about that. I mean, there might be a little night where we put on a talent show, fine, you know, and then we'll do a lovely duet, and he can just sing quietly. Um, but it's just, it, I, can't, I can't honestly. Every time I'd hear him singing, I would, and and I'm also, I wouldn't say anything. I would just let it annoy me for forever. 
but yeah. that but that would be worse because even though there's a part of you that you know you must enjoy like these songs and it would be quite nice to have a sing song with someone on the island if you're a bit bored but that person's voice irritates the shit out of you so you're in this, like I'm trapped between these two guys telling me what to do all the time I want to just go and have a nice a nice little sing along with Hugh but I can't because I hate him <laughs> and that's the thing is that because I would actually be quite interested to hear his stories of like he's you know he's, I think he's an amazing actor he's been in some amazing films and I'd love to sort of ask him about those experiences he clearly likes musical theatre he did you know he's done loads of Broadway musicals I'd love chatting about that and then but I feel like he's that kind of guy like he would just go yeah, no, yeah, I, I, you know, like, yeah, I remember when I was doing Oklahoma and it was, you know, I remember as soon as I went on and I started, oh, what a beautiful man. And he'd sing in the middle of the anecdote. And I'd be like, oh, you've ruined it now. I don't, I don't worry about it because that is, that is annoying. Yeah, there's a certain thing about like certain kinds of, when you get to a certain level of fame, it's not, you get the feeling, it's like you're having a normal conversation, but there, it's like you're not on Graham Norton now. Can we just have a normal conversation? Yeah. Like there's no audience, but it's like they're sort of saying it in a way that they're still expecting studio applause after it. Yes. Some comics do it. They start doing routines in the middle, <laughs> middle of dinner. And you're like, what are you doing, mate? I can, I can tell you have tried this in front of several audiences. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are there gags? Why have you got toppers in it? What are you doing? So like, <laughs> it, it, and I feel like, yeah, you're right. He's so he's going to constantly think he's on a chat show and he'll keep singing. It's like, I'm an impressionist, right? So yeah, in this conversation, I'm going to be chucking in some impressions because this is entertainment, what we're doing here. But when I'm having a normal conversation, I don't start whacking out impressions. It'd be really awkward. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, he's, he's, I don't feel like he's going to know the difference between us just having a chat, getting on, getting through the day. Yeah, and it's a shame because he seems like a decent guy. Like, he seems fundamentally all right, you know. I think it's hard to sort of go, ah, oh, Hugh Jackman, what a bastard. Remember that thing? He's... But it's just, it's annoying. Like, I've got a real thing about, like, people singing or rapping at me. Yeah. Or, like, you know, you're drunk in a bar and someone wants to be an MC and they're like, you're like, oh, God. like, it's so cringy for me. So I think being on the island with a huge Jackman type just singing all the time it would end me well, it'd be awful well like when I used to be in musical theatre I was in a show with someone who would aggressively sing songs at you like it was a guy I really <laughs> didn't get on with um, and like I can get I can get quite easily irritated I get on with people but I can people can irritate me quite easily and this guy used to he didn't like me for some reason I was only young I was only like 21 I don't know why he didn't like me but he would sing like he would like we'd be like you know about to start a show uh, and we'd be like just about to start the second half, so we'd be in the w intervals, waiting for the sh the, in uh, the interval to finish, waiting in the wings, waiting to start. And then he would just he'd be, be looking at me and going, "Tomorrow, tomorrow," and like looking me right in the eye, "I love you <laughs> tomorrow, you're only." And then he'd wait for me, and then I'd be like, "A day, a day away," <laughs> like that, and he'd be right in your face, smell his smoky breath. It was I'd rather he'd punched me. That's how mm. it aggressive it felt. Yeah, at least with the punch, you're like, oh, why the hell did you do that? But like being sung at, it's like this mixture of like anger, but you can't be rude to them because they're sort of doing this thing, which is ultimately a little bit vulnerable. And, you know, you don't want to offend them. But it's like, it's, oh, it's and just so And people used annoying. to love it. People used to love him. That's why everyone used to people would love him. And he'd be like dancing around, doing like full-blown routines from like Mary Poppins, doing like Super Casual Fantasy x And he'd be like doing the full routine and everyone would be like, oh my God, you're so amazing. Oh my God, you're so talented. Blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, oh God, this is why I need to leave this and go and pursue a comedy career. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
Yeah, let's stop allowing this sort of behaviour. Oh. This is this is not normal in this country. Just I'm be afraid. miserable like the rest of us. Come on. <laughs> Okay, well, Luke, I think you've done a really good job choosing your Thanks, people, man. and uh, it's already feeling quite uncomfortable. And I'm not even going to be on the island, but I mean, I'm, I feel for you at this oh, point. Thanks, buddy. But uh, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they, and why are they so bad? Eggs. Eggs. Do you like eggs? I do like eggs, yeah. Oh, no. They smell of fart. <laughs> Why would you want to eat anything that stuff that smells nice? Eat it. Stuff that smells like fart and fart smells like poo. Don't eat it. <laughs> I don't like the texture. I and also like that everyone goes. Yeah, but what about scrambled egg? Like a scrambled egg? No, I don't like a scrambled egg because it's egg. They're like, what about <laughs> boiled egg? Well, obviously not. Right, boiled eggs are the worst because they really stink like farts. And then, like, even, like, omelettes, like, the texture of that, a flan, no. Like, uh, there is... I remember once having a coronation chicken, someone had shoved a load of egg in it. Don't have... We shoving egg in coronation chicken. <laughs> I hate eggs. Sorry. No, it's fine. Like, I mean, I think they're... They're one of those things that are very sort of, you know, everyday item, and they're used in fucking everything. So, in a way, they're sort of, like this key component of so many things. Like, Protein. like this, Yeah, and they're this really amazing, useful thing. But they're inherently quite a weird thing as well. You know, when you think, this was shat out by a chicken. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, chicken's period. And then I'm just going to crack it. I have it for my breakfast. Like, I mean, they're bizarre things. People love them as well. And people get really annoyed at me when I say I don't like eggs. They're like, they're like you like eggs? I'm like, yeah, I don't like eggs. I'm like, Oh, come on. Eggs? I'm like, no, I, honestly, I hate them. And, then, and I, I can only eat an omelette if I have taken away all the flavour and texture of egg with cheese, bacon, hot sauce, everything. So it's basically not an egg. <laughs> and like, obviously I can have it in cakes and stuff like that. You know, you don't know it there. But, but the, the worrying thing is, is that if we find some chickens and they're laying eggs, we've got to be getting in on those on the desert island. Yeah, because I mean... Keep the chicken alive and you can eat for a lot longer than if you just eat the chicken straight away. So, exactly. You know, Jeffrey Boycott telling you like, I've had I've had 14 eggs a day for 48 years and it's never done me any harm. You God, know? he would as well. He's like, I sleep with eggs on my face. It's good for good. <laughs> I've also, I, I, I've washed with eggs. I've, I, I, you're absolutely right, Daniel. I've eaten eggs for the last 25 years. Four eggs in the morning. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pre-raw. Oh God! I can't, <laughs> horrible, horrible man. I, I like, I you know people who just like down a load of eggs, like gym people. Like oh yeah, that I mean like watching Rocky when he does that. That makes yeah. me feel really. But I think at least with that, it's in gone done. Like it's the sort of people who just like have a boiled egg. Just go, you know, just like in Pret a Manger, you can buy a pot of a boiled egg and about three spinach leaves for about seven quid. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, that's the one area that I find, like hard-boiled yolk, I find very hard to deal with. And the idea of eating like a, a hard-boiled egg on its own, that really freaks me out. So it's weird because there's something I eat a good few times a week, I'll have eggs. Do you? Like, oh. Yeah, but then in in that form, I'm like, it's sort of kryptonite to me. But So I just, they are weird, strange, versatile things. And like, you know, if you touch it, if you have to, like, if you get, if you're cracking them open, you get a bit of shell in, you have to put your fingers in and get the shell out. You're like, 
I mean, this is fucking mad, this thing. Oh, my God. I don't, the only time, actually, the only time I can eat eggs is in a carbonara. Like mm. A traditional Italian or la carbonara is, is no cream, senza panna, just using the l'uovo, the egg. And like that tastes beautiful. Yeah. So I, I will allow it in a carbonara where it doesn't taste or look like egg. Yeah, I mean, that just a taste of cheese and like a creaminess. Cream. Like, yeah, it's just, just making good, a texture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, even for an ardent egg fan, the idea of just having to eat eggs all the time. And obviously, they've come off a plane, so they're going to be like cold, hard-boiled oh. shit eggs, aren't they? Like, God. you know, when the yolk, there's that sort of like grey colour to a yeah. hard-boiled yolk. And it's like, I don't know how that happens, but that I find just quite eerie. I always find it funny on, on, on I'm a Celeb when it's like they have to eat like a fermented egg. that, And I'm like... Just put a hard-boiled egg, I would find this as difficult. <laughs> Horrible. So, sorry, it's eggs. That's okay. So what are you going to wash them down with, your, your eggy meal? Again, this might surprise you. Mm. Champagne. Interesting. Okay. I hate champagne. And it's seen as such a lovely thing. And it's a present people buy you. Um, it's at fancy parties. And it's like, or or a, at a restaurant, and I start with some champagne. It's like... And I, I'm quite happy actually because I've, I have, I'm comfortable with my hatred of champagne. It, I find it quite acidy. Um, it gives me headaches. I don't like the taste. I don't get anything out of it. And I've now accepted that I don't like it. Same with like, I like pints of beer on a really sunny hot day, and it's just like, oh, love that. But like, I don't. If I go out with, to a stag do, it's like, let's shoot twelve pints. No. Mm. I love a lovely gin and tonic, thanks. Um, and I'm the, the, the same with champagne. I just don't have it anymore because um, I don't like it. And I think it's okay to not like champagne. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's I, I think it's really tasty, but uh, as a first drink, and if you have it any time other than your first drink, like if you've been drinking anything else, and someone, oh, do you want a bit of this? You're like, yeah, sure, I'll have a bit of bubbly. And then it's like, okay, I can taste how ill this is going to make me feel yeah. tomorrow. You know, like very, like vicious hangovers. I have never had a sip of champagne and thought, oh, that's lovely. Ever. I've done that with coffee. I've done that with all every cocktail. But just champagne, I just feel like I don't, I'm not into it. Prosecco's worse. Mm. I'm not having it. And I'm now, I'm quite happy that I now just go, no, I don't want a glass of champagne. Thank you. Yeah, it's quite a nice feeling when you become comfortable enough with decisions that you're like, this is me and I'm happy. And I'm because like, I, I think champagne, I, I think it's I think it's really nice. But I also think it's one of those things. There's certain things in life where like I used to feel that like before I liked olives, which took me 35 years. It's one of yeah. those things like if you don't like them, it's because you're uncultured rather than the fact that you just don't like the taste. There's certain things in life. It's like. If you don't enjoy Shakespeare, you're an idiot. You know, if you don't yeah. like olives, it's like if you don't like champagne, like, well, like, why won't you have an oyster? You know, it's like, it's not just about not liking the taste. It's just, it's, it's like, it runs deeper than that and you're judged for it. Well, I feel like I should be um, commended for not liking champagne because it's saying that, like, because people drink champagne. I don't think anyone likes it, actually. I think they just drink it because it makes them feel rich. And I, I'm comfortable with not being rich. So I, I would rather have a, a rubbish red wine than than a, a £3,000 bottle of champagne. I think it means I'm sticking to my working class roots. So I think I should be commended for not being into champagne. I just think it's it's a drink that 
has a short window. Like it's not something you can carry on just drinking all night, you know, without feeling ill. So if that's the drink you're trapped with, you know, if you had to drink it for a long time, it would be better to have a shit red wine than than, than yeah. champagne. I think. I tell you, I tell you though, Jeffrey would love a glass of champagne. I bet. Yeah. Even though I know he's a traditional guy, but I still feel like you know, as he's got older. And he gets to go to all these fancy cricket games. There's always going to be fancy champagne. It was quite a rich man's sport. I feel like he'd love champagne. I feel like Ted, Ted probably doesn't drink because he's always on the job. Um, and Hugh, I reckon Hugh drinks champagne as well, actually. Oh, I think he loves a bit of champagne. But but then I think he'll start going on about how much better the Australian sparkling wines are, actually. He would. Days, you know. And how he has shares in a vineyard that produces an exceptional vintage. But Ted it? would come and go. Well, that isn't actually uh, 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 isn't actually champagne because it's not from the champagne region. And then they talk about that phrases, and you'd hear that argument. Yeah. Um, and then I'd come in with, oh, well, you know, in England, it is actually hot enough to make champagne now. That, all that <laughs> sort of stuff. Oh God. Sounds I feel like fun. Jeffrey would enjoy champagne, as you say, but he would never. He would never be able to not reference how he's, he's at heart. He's a proper bitter man. Oh, you know? yeah. So yeah. we know you're bitter, Jeffrey. Yes, but exactly. It, you know, but I he, think he'd always have to go on about, like, whatever he drinks at home. or you Oh, know, like, he'd Bombardier. I like a lovely <laughs> pint of Bombardier. Sit outside, one pint, and I drink that over a series of days. <laughs> okay, well, that's your food and drink sorted. But now we're going to move on to another area, Luke, because fortunately you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? Okay, my least favourite song is from the musical Rent, right? And it is... It's the one that goes 525,600 minutes. Think about love. Seasons of Love is what it's called, right? I hate it because I'm, I love musical theatre. I'm a massive musical theatre fan. Studied it, performed in it, adore it. I love musical theatre. I don't like shit musical theatre. And I feel like Rent is a show that it's like... Musical theatre fans, oh my God, I love Rent. Oh my God, it means so much to me. It moves me so much. Like, And it's the sort of thing, like, if you're around, like, Hugh, get in, Hugh Jackman would get involved. If you're around and someone's got a piano, everyone would just go, everyone just starts playing those chords. Ding, ding, ding. And everyone goes, oh my God, come on, we're, we're going to sing Seasons of Love and do all the <laughs> harmonies. Oh, fuck off. Like, honestly, I hate that song so much. There's so many good songs like that is what make people who don't like musical theatre say, I hate musical theatre. I'm like, no, you've just heard that. You've heard Joseph. Like, there's three, thousands of fantastic musicals. That's put you off. Ones that have become too popular. Yeah, I mean, on this podcast, we get a lot of mentions of musicals, I have to be honest, you know. But I think there's, like you say, there are types. I'm not a big fan, but there's like a... a you know, there are obviously are musical films that I have enjoyed and think are fun, you know. But there's... I suppose Rent is a sort of like like you say, like the stereotypical kind of quite worthy, very kind of wordy songs. Like, because some, I think when, when I like them, it's like, okay, this is a good song in its own right. But sometimes it's just a musical theatre kind of song, you know? Yeah, but like, this might, someone said to me, Tom Rosenthal, the comedian, said to me the other day, he was like, I hate musicals. And I was like, I was like, what do you hate films? Like, like, are there certain, what films do you like? Like, are you... There's some films I don't like. 
there's some musicals I don't like. There's some musicals that are absolutely brilliant, right? Hamilton is absolutely amazing. I don't, I can't, I can't understand people who don't like Hamilton. There's a, there's a musical called Parade, which is my, one of my favourite musicals I've ever seen. It was at the Don Mar in 2007, I think, like. And it is, it's not, it's about a serious subject. The songs are phenomenal. The songs move the story on. The, the songs are supposed to happen in musicals when they, they, they can't say it anymore and they can sing it. That's what makes it, different to a play like but yes joseph going i close my eyes cheesing at the camera like obviously that's shit mm. like, and and there are lots of shit musicals but there's loads of absolutely brilliant ones and i and i get annoyed at musicals that have killed off people's interest in musicals <laughs> because they can be fantastic fair enough yeah i mean i think that that song that you've picked is a is a very good example of sort of like many of our ideas of what a musical is exactly and it's 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 exactly the sort of thing that even if you don't like it it will really burn its way into your head you know because like it's really hit obviously by its nature it has to be easy to understand all the lyrics and hear them very clearly so you can really just soak it up and it'll just be with you all the time Hugh singing it like you said 525,000 he'd really overdo it as well <laughs> oh it's quite an unpleasant podcast this I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. It does still manage to bring joy to many, so just think mm. of the bigger picture. Schadenfreude for others. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sorry, you're the fall guy this time. Um, but that's like, so just to stop on that, mm. the word Schadenfreude, right, there's a musical called Avenue Q, um, which if people don't know it, it's like Sesame Street for adults. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. There's songs like The Internet is for Porn, sung by Trekkie Monster, who's basically supposed to be Cookie Monster. Grab your dick and double click for porn, porn, porn. <laughs> it's a really funny song. There's a song called Schadenfreude, which is all about actually the stuff we like, you know, like when you're in a, you're, 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 uh, um, being in an elevator when someone shouts, hold the door, and then the door slams. Stuff like that. There's loads of really funny stuff in that show. It's amazing. Like... Just people need to chill out. It really annoys me when people say they hate musicals because it's like you just haven't seen any yet. You've seen shit ones. <laughs> fair enough. Well, you know what? I think it's it's fair. I've made that... my point. No, I think it's good that we've had like a proper, uh, an elegant right to reply on this show because we have given uh, musicals a bit of a pasting over the years. So I think that's thing. But I think also because you hate this one, and Hugh is going to love it. And then he's going to be like, come on, Luke, I thought you loved musicals. What's wrong with you? Let's sing it together. No, 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 you do the harmony. You do it. Go, oh, come on, go. my God. And he'd do the higher harmony as well to, to yeah. show off. Yeah. Oh, okay. God. Well, um, that is your song choice. What is your film choice? This is a tough one, right? Because the film I've chosen is Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, I love Queen. Huge Queen fan, adore Freddie Mercury. He's my idol. I, I love Queen so much with all my heart. Been to see them live with Adam Lambert. Absolutely fantastic. I just hated this film. Um, I felt like the over-dramatised bits that didn't need to be over-dramatised. I thought it was really cheesy. Uh, I didn't like the sort of, like they turn up at Freddie's house and be like, notice anything new? And he'd be like, Oh, the moustache? Yeah, the moustache. Like it. It's like, why is this a scene? <laughs> um, 
I I just didn't, and I and and everyone really likes that film. I think it's that thing if everyone goes, oh my god, Bohemian Rhapsody is so amazing, and like Freddie Mercury, oh my god, it's so tragic. But they changed the dates as well. Like they changed when he when he got HIV, and like, and I just felt like you change me, you didn't need to change. The story's tragic enough as it is. I don't even think I need to see a film about it because mm. um, it's so sad. Like I just. I don't like that other people like it because I feel like it, I'm, I'm that annoying thing of like, we haven't read the book. It's sort of like that. It's like the true story is more tragic and more interesting than this version. I, I sort of feel like, like I you know, I like Queen and I think Freddie Mercury is obviously incredible. But I, I kind of get to the point where it's like, like I'd watch a documentary about him. And the yeah. band, but I don't think I want to, you know, like I haven't watched this film because it's like, well, it's a bit long. I don't really care that much. And I don't want to sort of, when I've seen clips of it, it just, like like the example you gave, it just feels a bit unnatural and clunky and stuff. And it's, it's a bit on the nose, but then it, it can be done right because the Elton John one with Taron Egerton like is amazing. I loved that film. And I love Elton John as well, but I, I, I thought that was a fantastic film. So I think it can be done right. I just don't think I did it right with Bohemian Rhapsody. I would watch it, but I feel like Hugh's going to be like, ah, oh, you know, this is great. I love Queen. And this really captures what happened. You know, and, and I'll be like, no, it doesn't. So all of that would annoy me. Mm, yeah. For me, the magic of Queen is Freddie Mercury. And once that's removed, I'm sort of fine with that just ending, you know. And like, I feel like the legacy is very sort of stretched out and curated these days by the rest of the Queen lads, you know. And it's, it's like, you know, you were a great band together, but it's not as exciting as maybe like Led Zeppelin, where each member was kind of like a, quite an exciting person on their own right. I kind of felt like you had one of the best front men of all time and the rest of you doing a really good job but I, I don't really want to hear from you that much. You know, like, <laughs> well, you know I, I mean? And I disagree. Really I'm going to disagree with you on the, I think that I've been to see them live and Adam Lambert is an incredible singer. And weirdly, he isn't the front man. Like Roger Taylor and, and, and Brian May are the front man of that band now. And the songs I do feel like last the test of time. It's still amazing hearing them at the O2 and that incredible live music experience. So I do feel like they're last. I just don't think that this film does the story of that band's justice. And I think when I'm such a fan myself, I've read, you know, countless books about them. I just go... Ah, I just feel like you're not really doing justice to the thing I love and it annoys me that other people love the film. <laughs> I think maybe in a different universe it would have just been a film solely about Freddie Mercury but because the band are a part of it it's like you have to be a bit more even-handed whereas maybe we want a film about Freddie Mercury not about Queen. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great back catalogue. Everyone's incredibly talented in the band but, I mean... He's got a. He has to pull focus, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think for an island, is a biopic the thing you want to see? I mean, it's like there's something about. Obviously, there is a story to it, but another different narrative you could sort of watch again and again and again. Mm -hmm. When it's just sort of about someone's life and the band, I just feel it. It doesn't have as much longevity in it, you know. It's weird though because actually the films that I've watched over and over. I mean, like sitcoms and stuff. I, I, I they're, they're my sort of go-to coming from a gig. And I just want to watch something that I can sit and be comfortable and enjoy and, you know, non-offended. But film-wise, the film I've watched the most is The Pianist. 
<laughs> I love that film. Um, and it, and I think, you know, it's not because I love the misery, um, but I just find it, I just find the acting so incredible and the music from Chopin is so beautiful. So I, like, I feel like if I had to choose a film that I could watch over and over again, it'd probably be The Pianist to add to compound the misery of being on a desert island with Jeffrey Boycott. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to save that for a different alternate desert island related podcast, unfortunately. But, um, but we're, you know, you are doing a great job still and we are almost at the end. So you'll, you'll be free from the misery very soon. But before that, Luke, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? I feel like I've got a few that have made it through to boot camp here um, because like, I hate tarantulas scare the shit out of me mm-hmm. because I saw arachnophobia. My sister made me watch it when I was about, I don't know, five. So like they scare the shit out of me. There's a little pet shop nearby that I take my daughter to when I want to do something with her for free. Um, and we look at the tropical fish and there's tarantulas there. I hate them. I hate cats because i'm allergic to cats i don't hate cats i love animals and i love cats but i'm allergic to them so every time i stroke a cat i'm like my eyes puff up and all the rest of it so they're in the boot camp but the ones i think that the thing that i hate the most are wasps does that count mm. as an animal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I hate wasps because you just i feel like I'm, I'm sure they do do something otherwise they wouldn't be here but like a bee fine what, what is a wasp doing other than going around stinging people, being horrible? Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I suppose they must... Do they pollinate stuff as well? They I must do really... something. There's absolutely no point in them being here. Yeah, because it's not like, you know, flies are rubbish, but they do kind of help, you know, decomposition of things, I guess. Bees, you know, we know what they're up to. I feel like we need to Google this. A quick Google. What do wasps do? Wasps are hugely important for a variety of reasons. Wasps eat flies. Oh, that's good. Aphids, caterpillars, and other invertebrates, making them an important insect controlling predator. Wasps are amazing architects, building hexagonal paper nests from chewed up wood. Wasps are important pollinators. They're important guys. I mean, I, I like them a lot more now. I know they kill flies. Yeah. But, you know, look, as important as they are on a global scale, being trapped on an island where there's fucking thousands of them is not a nice place to be. Even if they're building lovely hexagonal house, hexagonal houses, I, I don't, I don't. That is going to be really, especially when you're eating. You've spent. Imagine if you spent all day hunting food with Jeffrey moaning at you, Hugh singing about it, and then you sit, you sit down to eat once you've cooked it, and then there's loads of wasps about, and you don't want to hit them in case you get stung. Yeah, and they're kind of determined as well. Like, if they want something, they just won't leave it alone, you know. I think other insects, it feels like you swat them away and they kind of get the vibe a bit quicker, whereas a wasp is like, it's always in attack mode. The thing is as well, and is and I'm not David Attenborough, but at least with a bee, once they sting you, they die. So, like, yeah, they've stung you and it really hurts, but you're lost, mate, you're dead. But a wasp doesn't die after it stings you. So it's like... It's not even like, it's, there's no jeopardy for it. Mm. They kind of look like if, if a mankind created a robot bee, they'd make it look sort of evil and purposeful and sort of like pointy and aggressive. And that's exactly what... It does look evil. You know, you see like a super bike or something and it just looks like it's going fast even when it's still, you know, and the wasp is like that. They just look like a sort of a jet fighter or something. Like they've been designed to be kind of evil. 
horrible little tossers. Yeah. I feel like I don't feel like I've ever ever heard anyone um, come up with a other than reading that bit from Google coming up with a reason to like wasps. Like, who loves a wasp? I get there's beekeepers, but there's no one that's like, oh, I keep wasps. Yeah, that would be a red flag, wouldn't it? Like, cause, And it's so the opposite of, like, if you went to someone's house and they're like, yeah, I just started making honey over lockdown. Do you want to see the hive? And you're like, yeah, okay, show me. Oh, this honey is delicious. Wow. And it's because you feed them that. Interesting. So like, I've got a load of wasps in the shed. You're like, <laughs> the fuck? Like, no, I don't want to drink. Yeah, exactly. Anyone who keeps wasps is a killer. What's that you're putting on your toast? Wasp honey? No, I don't, <laughs> don't want to try that. Oh, God. Wasp honey tastes worse than eggs. Well, look, I, Luke, I think it's a fitting end to a very well curated selection of people and things on the island. Thank so, you. Uh, Thank so you. well done. And I hope that, you know, there is some kind of uh, catharsis for you and you get to spend the rest of your day feeling a bit lighter on your feet than, I don't. than now. I feel miserable and okay. sad and, and irritated now. Well, I'm sorry. Let's talk about something positive. What are you up to at the minute you want everyone to know about? Well, Daniel, I am going to the Edinburgh Festival with a brand new show called Gritty Police Drama, The One Man Musical. <laughs> um, and it is 60 impressions, 60 minutes, one murder. Uh, so it's shows like, it's based around shows like Line of Duty, Happy Valley, Luther, uh, all those characters are in it. But within it is a star-studded cast, um, everyone from Christopher Biggins to Jurgen Klopp to um, Boris Johnson to King Charles to Jeremy Clarkson. They're all in there. Um, it, it's a really fun show. It's a musical as well. Louis Theroux is in there as well. D.I. Theroux, because he can get anything out of anyone. Is that okay? Am I okay? Uh, so it, it's a really fun show. There's Even if you don't like musicals, you'll enjoy it because I take the piss out of musicals within it as well. There's singing. There's loads of impressions. It's really, really fun. I'm really proud of it. Um, and it's at the Pleasance Courtyard. Uh, every day from the 2nd of August. Wonderful. Well, everyone in Edinburgh, go and check that out. And, uh, well, and if not, I don't know, just just try and get to Edinburgh or I'll catch you when you're back from there, I guess. But, yeah, uh, catch me when I'm back. <laughs> Luke, it's been lovely chatting to you today. So thanks for coming on Desert Island Dicks, mate. Thank you so much. So there you go. That was Luke Kempner there on Desert Island Dicks. And uh, there's more where that came from. And they'll be along your way pretty soon. So make sure you're subscribed and then you will never miss an episode. Obviously, you can keep up to date with whatever we're getting up to at Dicks Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're part of the Cheerful Earful podcast festival in November and we'll be announcing a guest for that very soon. But I can assure you it's going to be a good guest. So you might as well just go and buy a ticket because they're not even that expensive. Go to cheerfulearful.co.uk and you can also check out the other great podcasts that are performing that night as well. So I recommend you do that. Desert Island Dicks has been a Sync Clap production created and produced by James Deacon and produced and presented by me, Dan Benedictus, expertly edited by Chris Attaway. And uh, as always, a big thank you to the mighty John Deacon for all his support. That's it. We'll be back soon. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.